0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Board Gaming Doctor. My name is Phil, and I'll be your Board Game Doctor today. In this episode, I would like to review and give you my first impressions of Horseless Carriage. This is, of course, a Splatter game, designed by Jeroen Doman and Joris Wiersinga. Art by Jan Lipinski, published by Splatter Spellen, And this game is exclusively for 3-5 players, at a weight of 4.22 out of 5. Overall rating is an 8.0 out of 10 and ranking is 1597. This came out earlier this year as listed on BoardGameGeek and is the obviously the latest Slaughter game. And I do want to put out the fact that you can play this game <clears throat> online for free, pardon. It is online available online through the website onlineboardgamers.com and I'll put a link of that into the show notes. It looks legitimate. Uh, it's got the permissions granted to have not only this game, but food chain magnate and bus. And so if you'd like to try out those games there, I think that the the user interface is really awesome. Uh, it's hard to compare to things like board game arena, but for what it is, it does it pretty well to manage such a, heavy game, such as Horseless Carriage and the others. But anyway, if you have been following the news for Horseless Carriage, or board games recently, Horseless Carriage made quite a buzz in the annals of those who really enjoy heavy games. And this game is about the automobile uh, revolution in the early 1900s, where you play as different uh, automobile companies and leaders of those companies following the trends that are determined by the populace to build certain types of vehicles and to sell them in different regions of the place that you are uh, doing so, which could be in the North American continent. But uh, anyway, so to accomplish this, you're mostly and it's hard to give an overview of a splatter game in a in a quick manner but what you're essentially trying to do first of all is build out a personal tableau which is your automobile factory it kind of gets the feeling of say uh, auto not not autobahn Anbon, uh, by uh, Lacerda where you have an automobile factory that you are arranging yourself. You continuously build out from your original uh, factory layout and you put down structures such as the cars that you're building, connecting them to different parts, which are uh, exclusively favored amongst the populace during the game. Such as engines and brakes and horns and what what have you, you have dealerships and uh, locations that you can also place onto your board to allow you to edge yourself into the market to sell these cars, and so the game flows as such. Like you know, going over many details, of course, but you kind of bid for turn order by spending certain uh, Gans points. And in turn order, it allows you to take from the piles of resources that you can build onto first. Well, if if you do bid for a higher position to place things onto your board, that allows you to or that forces you to be near the end or last when it comes down to selling uh, these cars out into the market. And so, first of all, I, I like that tension of knowing where to place your uh, bid token at the beginning of each round, whether you want to go first in building out your engineering and snag pieces that may be running out first, or to vie f- to go later in the engineering round or the building round. So that way you can be the first to gobble up the The cars that are available on the selling map, or at least, you know, representing the population that wants to buy your cars. And so there's a neat balance and decision to be made there. In addition to just Tableau building in general, being able to build out your factory, there aren't a lot of rules that go into building your factory. There are a few nuances here and there, but there's a lot of freedom in how you create your factory And all of this, and I I can see with repeated plays that you start to kind of get the hang of knowing how to build out your factory, where to play certain parts. And in that sense, it kind of gives me the feeling of Agricola, where building out your farm, you kind of get used to developing it in a certain style that is optimized for most plays, which can be nuanced. Depending on the cards that come out, perhaps you build bigger pastures or more fields or renovate and build out your house more, etc. And in this game, I feel like that would be or it would contain the same feeling where building out your tableau of your factory can largely look the same. I think you're going to try to accomplish the same things game to game as it progresses, but perhaps accomplish it in small uh, different ways each time. And it all depends on what you're trying to sell to your population. And this is where the most variation I think comes within this game because all of the buildings are available at any time, or I say buildings, all the parts to put into your factory are the same and available every time you play the tracks are, uh, and, and what you build out and what the population wants to buy from in your cars is determined by these four different tracks and you advanced advance on them, uh, before you build out or right after you build out your factory. And depending on how far along these tracks you go, including your opponents, uh, you do have the option to move your own opponents pieces along this track, thereby, Affording you the accessibility to use that item or that car part for yourself, if you have it built onto your board, and if the population wants it as well, and so, um, so the order in which and 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 I should say too, like these out of these four, there are I think maybe there are five, I forgot, but there are always two of these tracks that are uh in play or active during each round of the game. And after each round, one of them will disappear to the bottom of the pile, the next one comes up, and the other one that is left behind gets an extra round before it is moved down to the bottom of the track. And so this, this is what determines, in my opinion, after one play, where most of the variation is going to come. It's not going to come in the tableau building, but it's going to come in what parts are coming up in this track row and what is going to disappear. And it introduces the objectives of what you want to try to either move your pawn up these tracks for yourself or to take advantage of someone else moving up those tracks to be able to build those parts onto your cars and sell them for money. And so and so the order of of these in which these come out is what determines the variation and the different strategies per game. And it feels very similar to two games that I thought of immediately. One would be Fields of Arl, where most everything at the beginning of the game is pretty static and the same from game to game and it approaches more of that chess like set up except for the slight variations in different buildings that are available out of a small pool of buildings that you can play. And that I'm talking about the base game, of course, but the other game that I thought of was weather machine in weather machine. Also a Lacerda game. You, I feel base a lot of your strategies on how your token or the you know, the main token moves along the weather machine portion of the, of the board game board. And as you see it progress and move along a repetitive track, that helps you plan ahead and determine what, um, parts you need to gather to maximize the amount of points when that part of the weather machine fires off. If you have a a big majority of parts aligned and put forth that go together for that portion of the weather machine, then you can maximize the amount of points to get. And I get that forward planning feeling with Horseless Carriage as well. And yeah, other than that, there are a lot of different things that this game offers uh, in, as far as the rules go. And you know, like I mentioned, turn order and spending points to move up certain tracks along the game. You're only allowed a few points per round, and the way that the game end is triggered as well as interesting um, as you move along these tracks, as well as uh, as well as doing other things too. You can slow or speed up the end game, uh, which is very similar to a game like uh, Roads and Boats. So all in all. Walking away from this game and comparing it, I feel like, to other games, non-Splotter and Splotter, I thought this was a fun game. I think it's got that depth and replayability that Splotter games have. Uh, For those who are fans of such games, uh, you can really uh, mess yourself up earlier on in the game if you don't plan accordingly and plan ahead. And taking advantage of what other players are doing, you can be left behind in the dust, like I was in my first game. And so there's a lot of Uh, repetition that is needed to become good at this game even if you naturally latch onto this game and are familiar with the systems that splatter games potentially have it still offers a bit of a learning curve and offers the ability to repeatedly play this game and improve your abilities to play this game on and uh, and then that goes for the forward planning as well as the tableau building. If I were to choose what games to play in, in Descending Order, where would this game fit for me with the other Splatter games that I have played, which are Food Chain Magnate and Roads and Boats, and I'm playing Bus right now, so that review will come later. I think Roads and Boats definitely is my preferred Splatter game for now. I, I like the aesthetics of the game, the the logistics of it, and the interaction that is Provided in that game. You can refer to my previous first impressions for that game. I think out of Food Chain Magnate and Horseless Carriage, I think I would want to play Horseless Carriage a little bit more than Food Chain Magnate, although it's very close. I think they both offer a depth of gameplay in different ways you know I think Food Chain Magnate is definitely a competitive game very similar to you know a cutthroat game like Barrage cutthroat meaning you can play onto a shared map and take over spaces before someone else does and take advantage of that position and so there's a lot of interaction in Food Chain Magnate which I really enjoy but I like the theme of Horseless Carriage more I like the tableau building aspect of Horseless Carriage as well Uh, I think I would prefer the interactive board that is offered in Food Chain Magnate, but I think after a few plays of both, I might lean more towards Horseless Carriage as my second favorite Splatter game. I'd still need to play a few others that I'm interested in to really get a a feel for what Splatter is like, but I've really been enjoying exploring these games and uh, checking off this box of a style of game and a publisher of games that I thought I would be interested in and enjoyed, and that is becoming true every time I learn and play them. And so once again, look forward to a first impressions of BUS, and once again, uh, BUS, Food Chain Magnate, and this game, Horseless Carriage, are available online to play for free at onlineboardgamers.com. So feel free to check that out there and get some games started. So those are my first impressions of Horseless Carriage. Thank you for listening and hope to catch you on the next episode when you schedule an appointment with your board gaming doctor real soon. Take care.